Welcome everyone to the Heat Assist Podcast. I'm going to be your host today. I'm David. And who's joining me? Hey guys, this is Steven. Hello, I'm Carson. And for today's episode, we are go over the Miami Heat's victory over the Milwaukee Bucks um, in Game 5. And the Heat are heading to the Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, so we're going to break down Game 5 quarter by quarter and just give our takes on what we thought of that game. And But first, some accolades for the Miami Heat. Besides going to Eastern Conference Finals, Bam Adebayo uh, ended the season awards. He, he made the second team all NBA defense. Uh, so, I mean, that's pretty impressive for, you know, basically his just being a first-time starter, you know, just starting this year and just getting so many accolades in his first year starting. Uh, and, you know, we expect many more to come. Um, you guys have any other thing to say about that before we move on? Uh, just well-deserved. You see what he brings to the Miami Heat's defense, and he anchors the paint. And we would not be where we are without his defensive prowess and flexibility to guard one to five. So very well deserved. Yeah, it, it was well deserved. He kind of struggled in, the, in in this game, game five, where they the Heat clinch it and are going to Eastern Conference Final. But um, I still think he contributed on a defensive end, but. It all started out uh, really. I thought it was pretty sloppy starting out for the Heat. Um, you know, they really struggled in this first quarter of Game Five, where they started out with six turnovers in this quarter, um, three of them by Jimmy Butler. And I thought starting out he was really sloppy. Like his passes were off the mark. Like it was either like too low like at the at the team at his teammates feet or like too high it just it was really sloppy for him unfortunately bama bio and uh, and the heat other heat players contribute three other turnovers and bama bio struggled to get 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 off shooting um he didn't really score much and it was chris Milton for the bucks that it was leading the way for the bucks it was four out of seven in this game and I noticed he was he was mostly double team, but he, because he's such a good passer, he was able to always find an open guy when he send the double team. And like in their scramble, he'll usually end up being open, and he, that's where he made most of his most of his points. And but not only that, but he also had four assists in this game. So I mean, he was he was picking apart the Heat defense in the first quarter. Dante DiVincenzo, who started in place of Giannis Antetokounmpo out with the ankle injury and did not force himself to come back early, I think he he had a good quarter too. Um, I mentioned my in the last podcast that the Heat should have tested his three point shooting because he was struggling. He's only he was shooting two out of seven from the three point line in the series, and you know he sagged off him to double militant and but it gave and Devin DiVincenzo hit his open threes. He hit two open threes in this quarter. Now I thought even Matt Wesley Matthews was very aggressive uh in this game. He had four points, but both of them came from a nice cut on Duncan Robinson and then driving it from the top of the key on BAM and laying it in. Like very aggressive. It led to a really bad first quarter for the Heat and they were uh, fairly have scored 28 to 19 yeah not looking good you guys have any thoughts on the first quarter 
The Dante DiVincenzo, that kind of surprised me because I didn't think he was going to make his open shots. The one that I thought that he did a good job on and they should have just uh, let him score more was Eric Bledsoe because they pretty much sagged off of Eric Bledsoe. They like allow him to like shoot as much as he wants. They just try to stop him from dropping it in, which I thought was a good idea because in this uh... game, he was pretty much like useless in this game. A lot, and also uh, they kind of contain Brook Lopez because Brook Lopez has been shooting really well for the Bucks this series, mm-hmm. and Bam Adebayo pretty much was locking him down. But I don't think they, the Bucks didn't even try to go through him a lot. Like it was just pretty much all Chris Middleton who led yeah. the, this whole quarter. Chris Middleton led the way, but they, they also had easy buckets when the Heat turnovers. They score nine uh, points off of the six turnovers by Heat. Just. Yeah, just making it too easy for the box. And that's not and that's close to one fourth of the turnovers already <laughs> that the Heat had. But yeah, I mean, besides this like sloppy quarter, I also felt like they uh they didn't really try to like kill them, the Bucks, because the Bucks weren't playing without Giannis. I feel like it was just like a continuation of what happened the previous in game four when when they found out that uh Giannis wasn't playing anymore, they didn't like, you know, step on the gas. They just try to cruise through it. Like, they didn't play with any type of sense of urgency. I'm like, you could tell from, like, all the turnovers. Like, they were a lot of those turnovers were pretty much forced. Like, they didn't have to uh, keep passing the ball like mm-hmm. that. They could have just took the shot. Because a lot of those passes, they tried to do, like, an extra pass, but it wasn't really necessary. I, I, I thought the shot that they had was makeable. Yeah, especially for Tyler Hero, who, who played five minutes in his quarter, but he was 0 for 3. I thought he had some very makeable shots, just yeah. couldn't hit it. Yeah, the Heat in general just shot very poorly that first quarter. And I think it had a lot to do with the lack of rhythm. All the turnovers just kind of put him off rhythm. Kind of pointing out to what you said about Tyler Hero, David. He had a very rough first quarter just because he wasn't picking his right shots. I think there were a couple of shots that he took from the three-point line, which Mm -hmm. he missed both of them, where literally he got the ball, was passing him, and he shot it like right away. And one of them was like really far off from the three-point line. And uh, I felt like they, that was very indicative of the entire Heat team. We weren't trying to, we weren't making the right plays or making the right passes. I felt like we we're trying to drive into the basket way too much, and the the Bucks were just packing the ping, expecting it, and that's kind of what led the Heat to not shoot well, but also force turnovers, uh, just being just driving now into this clog pain, and then either going for a wild layup that would miss, or you know making a wild pass that would end up in the turnover, or getting stripped. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of uh, set a very sour tone in that first quarter. In all honesty, as bad as that was, being down only nine points, I felt like it was kind of a blessing. Yeah. It's because it just felt we were down by so much more. It just looked so bad. Like It felt like nothing was going right, given all the turnovers and the poor shooting. And to emphasize the poor shooting, the Heat shot 7 for 18 overall. That's 39%. And one for six from the three-point line. Even given the turnovers, we weren't shooting well. And yeah, it just it did not look good at all. I'm honestly glad that they were only losing by nine points because it could have been a lot worse. Yeah, it could have been a lot worse. But then in the second quarter, they, they picked it right up. Um, yeah, they picked it up. Yep. And it was mostly led by the bench players. You know, the bench, usually when the Heat do well in the second quarter... The bench usually had a big part in it because that's usually when the bench come, uh, the bench come in in the second quarter, and 
It was led by Kelly Olynyk and Kendrick. 20 Nunn. Points. Ah, yes. Twenty points Damn. by the bench players. <laughs> I mean, if you if you look at the at the bench production comparing them to Milwaukee, they outscore. They doubled the amount of points that they're that the bench players on the Bucks produced. Mm-hmm. The whole game, they doubled it. Like it without the, I mean, without the bench for Miami Heat, like they would have probably lost this game. Because their starters did not have any type of rhythm whatsoever. Yeah, I mean, I think that's why the Heat are are such a great team. Like they make it this far because they they have such a deep team that if if Jimmy Butler or Bam Adebayo or Duncan Robinson, if they're struggling, like Goran Dragic, Tyler Hero, Kendrick Nunn, Kelly Olynyk, like they're so deep. Jay Crowder, they have so many people that can contribute. It's, it's a huge benefit for the Heat. But yeah, in this quarter was like Kelly Olynyk time. Like, he, oh yeah, he was torching the like the Bucks. I agree, like, and he, I thought he made some really good um, defensive plays, at least yeah. like good help defense, including a block on Dante DiVincenzo. Yeah. <laughs> One last thing about Kelly Olynyk that I like that he he also had um, his last points came on a fast break layup. Layup, like he was running ahead on a fast break, and Tyler Hero found him. Like, good on Kelly and Larry to be hustling, didn't expect him to be running constantly. But yeah, that that was great. But also on Kendrick Nunn, um, you know, he was three out of five in his quarter. Uh, I, I thought he shot it very poorly. Like his jump shot wasn't really falling, except for for the first shot he made. But like, good on him to see that his jump shot is not falling and just taking it to the hoop, being really aggressive. Like. Two of those three uh, made field goals were attacking the rim, like going driving it in and just being very aggressive. And I thought throughout the game, he even though his offense tailed off, uh, I thought throughout the game he played good help defense. I thought overall the, the entire team played a lot of good help defense. Individual defense was so-so, but really good help defense. But who really carried the heat was um, besides Kel Linick and uh, Kendrick Nunn was and or entire hero stepping up finally making some threes and even Goran Dragic I thought he made some really tough some tough shots in in this quarter and just it's just good to see a wide variety of players contributing yeah I, I just thought they they guarded Chris Milton much better he did, he only attempted three shots in this in this quarter and I thought Kelly had a lot of good help defense um Andre Godala got involved he played pretty tough defense on him Jay Crowder as well I mean there was one play where Jay Crowder was guarding Chris Milton he just knocked the ball out and caused a turnover on Milton I would say it was it was Brooke Lopez who kind of stepped up in this quarter uh pick up the slack for the Bucks. uh unfortunately he was like the only one that scored <laughs> the Bucks really struggle in the second quarter to score six out of 20 overall but it was led by Brooke Lopez just Making just good plays, not really posting up, but just just taking advantage of the Heat defense. Like there was one play he he scored in a pick and roll, and two other plays were like the defenders Bam and Kelly Olynyk just forgot forgot about him. They helped, they sagged off Brooke Lopez to help on Chris Milton, and like it led to easy buckets for Brooke Lopez. To be to be fair, if you had to let a player on the Bucks to like outscore him i'd rather them let brooke lopez do that than chris middleton i feel like chris middleton's a bigger threat than brooke yes. lopez. like if brooke lopez scored most of the points i'm okay with that i don't think he's going to be able to continuously do that like throughout the whole game if if i was planning on like a defensive strategy i would 
take priority over Chris uh, for Chris Middleton first instead of Brook Lopez. In in this quarter, he didn't even shoot that uh impressive. It was just three for seven, three for seven from field goals, and then zero for two from three. He only shot forty two percent, so it was not that big of a deal. It, w- it wasn't really efficient. It was the most efficient, most points for out of all the Bucks players, though. Oh yeah, <laughs> which says a lot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like you guys mentioned, being down one, and because of this struggle for the Bucks, they they were down. Um, the Heat were up fifty two to forty six after after this. Just just really poor shooting from the Bucks. <laughs> they also still they still turn over the ball though. In this yeah, court, you had three turnovers, which. You you had six already, and then now you're you add three more on top of that. It's already nine turnovers. If you're gonna play in the Eastern Conference Finals, you can't have this many turnovers. You're just gonna lose, especially against uh, depending on who they play, either Toronto or or Boston, who which both teams have like athletes on the wing who can just k- take the ball from like from si- uh, pretty much sideline to sideline or from other side from half court to the other side. You're gonna have to clean that up. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, like this game is just. I don't think there was a quarter where they didn't turn over a lot. Like, they were just sloppy throughout the whole game. Nope. They turned over every single quarter. <laughs> yeah. And it wasn't like one or two. It was like multiple. Yeah. And like in the third quarter, at seven turnovers in this third quarter. And once again, it led to it led to six bucks points. And White House really important because the Bucks struggle to score again. They were seven out of 23 uh, in the field goal overall. And you know, just giving easy buckets for the Bucks is is just oh, when you're doing such a good job defensively. But I, I thought in this quarter, Chris Milton really struggled, and he was one out of six. But not to discredit the Heat defense, but he he got the shots that he normally hits. He was just missing it. Um, it was mostly you know one on one coverage, and he just he just couldn't hit his shots. Um, I mean, it's, it's I mean that's great for the Heat, but uh, yeah, it. I think it just kind of shows why he's not the number one option. He just can't consistently do it because he doesn't really take it to the hoop. He he relies on hitting his mid range and hitting threes, and it's a high variable shot. The foul, the foul trouble that he he was also in kind of might have hurt him a little bit too. He fouled quite a bit, and by like the end of the third quarter, he already had he had four fouls already. So I feel like that kind of that might have um prevented him from doing as much as he as he wanted to because they didn't want to pick up any more fouls yeah well speaking of foul trouble Duncan Robinson who could not get going could not get going in this game like he had three thousand his three fouls in four minutes like he, he could not get anything going on offense and defense and like that's that was basically the last we saw of him. Um, it just worst game of the series for sure. I give credit to the Bucks defense. They were they mm-hmm. were like sticking on him like glue. Like they did not leave him open. And when they try to do like the dribble handoff, try to run through the 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 pick and roll, mm-hmm. him and they were actually doing a good job trying to contesting it. Like the only shot that Duncan Robinson had was like a, a pump fake, and then he drove it and he took a mid range shot. Like he drove it in, he found he found out that he had space because the defender didn't chase after him and just took a wide open like jump shot. Yeah, I, I kind of felt that he struggled in this quarter too. It, it, it definitely felt like that first quarter, especially with all the turnovers. I had to place the blame on the starters. If we had to pick any similarities between the first quarter and the third quarter, is this because 
you know, the first and third quarters are started by the starters. And I felt like that's where the issue was. You know, Jimmy Butler had another two turnovers. And it just felt like they never got the offense going from from Jimmy Butler. And you could tell that by the fact that he didn't even take a shot and mm-hmm. had zero assists and two turnovers. It just felt like he struggled that first and third quarter tremendously. Those turnovers were awful. Like, they were... Those two turnovers, they were just really bad passes. There were passes to into crowded. His teammates weren't even open. He passed it to them. Like, and no wonder it got picked off. Like, it was just, it was an off night for him. He did not have it going. It was kind of infectious too because you could see the other players making some silly turnovers. Like Kelly Olynyk in the at the end of the third quarter, he was at the corner three-point line and decided to do a spin move right into Chris Middleton and like a wide like turnaround move that I had no idea what he was doing and it just like it went right straight into Chris Middleton's hand he played really well in the second quarter so I, I just felt like I don't know maybe he felt he had the hot hand too much and started taking too many freedoms but yeah just the turnovers was just so frustrating it was just kind of um, an ongoing theme for the heat this whole game and all, most of them were like half of more than half of them were just forced turnovers. Like, there's no reason to have those kind of turnovers. Agree. Like, I can understand, like, you know, like some of those turnovers, like a charging, like a charge, some guy took a charge, or like you accidentally like stepped out of bounds when you caught the ball. Like, that, okay, I can understand that. But like, some of these, some of those passes that they have in, like, in traffic, like, no reason. Yeah, well, I just want to defend Kelly Olynyk. He he did struggle, but there was one nice play he did where he picked up um, Eric Bledsoe driving driving into the hoop and he blocked Bledsoe's shot. We saved the ball from going out of bounds and passed it to Tyler Hero. Tyler Hero ran ran full court, the whole entire full court, and hit a pull up three. Like, that was impressive. <laughs> yeah, you can see Tyler Hero really picking up uh, on his game. By by that time, I think most people noticed that he really kind of stood out in this game for the Heat, especially with Jimmy Butler struggling. Goran Dragic didn't shoot too well either, mm-hmm. so Tyler Hero kind of stood out as the guy that was somewhat consistent offensively for the Heat. With all that being said, uh, the defense was pretty decent, I thought. You know, and it, it speaks to how low percentage the Bucks shot the second and third quarter. Oh yeah, they picked up the defense. Uh enormously like in the second half like the shot the buck shot like 30 in the 30 percent 36 percent i think yeah like second. even even in the second quarter the buck shot only 30 percent and then in the third quarter the buck shot only 30.4 percent and you know even though like david mentioned chris middleton took a majority of those shots with six the most in that quarter by any bucks everyone else shot really poorly or at least the ones that actually took more than three shots. So Eric Bledsoe took four shots. He only made one. George Hill took five, only made one. And, you know, everyone else either took one or two shots, and uh, they at least made one. But, you know, that just added up to the Bucks not having a lot of uh, offensive output. But, you know, that, that's kind of what we needed, too, because we didn't score a lot of points in that quarter, in that third quarter. The Heat only made 21 points total, and the Bucks made 19, so... Uh, that defense really helped us out to keep that lead. Yeah, I agree. And like, I feel like heading into the fourth quarter, it was it's still just like much the same story. I thought Chris Milton continued to struggle, and so did the Heat overall as well. I thought Tyler Hero was big in this quarter. Um, and that it seemed like 
he, he was making plays for his teammates and his teammates teammates up. He had three assists in his quarter. You know, he only took one shot, but I feel like like the Heat players, especially Jimmy Butler, were deferring to Tyler oh, he Hero, a, him he run the shot. offense. He took Tyler Hero. You can make an argument that his shot was the clutchest one this whole mm-hmm. game because he right. made an and one with it with like in the final minutes of the game. And, and that was during the time when the Heat were like struggling to like get offense. Like he's the one who was able to score. Uh, yeah, I'm compl- I completely agree. Yes, it was a definitely a big moment. Like he was in the offense. Jimmy Butler was deferring to him. Like, and he he showed up. He he definitely showed up. Um, I didn't like how you know with 30 seconds left, he he grabbed the rebound and the Buffs kind of trapped him and. Dante DiVincenzo knocked the ball out of his, knocked the ball out and it's out of bounds on Tyler Hero. He needs to tighten up his his handles a bit. Like that's that's been a little problem throughout the series. Just ball out of his hands. Yeah, um, getting stripped. Yeah, getting stripped. Like I mean, I don't want to criticize him too much. He is a rookie, you know, starting or, or making a big impact in the playoffs. You know, there are gonna be some deficiency. So, but like that's something I hope he improves on in, in over the years. You know, even though the Heat won this game, uh, that fourth quarter was also very frustrating. <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah. Besides the second quarter, it's, you know, the first, third, and fourth quarter were very frustrating. Uh, the Heat had another five turnovers, which led to six points for the Bucks, And we mm-hmm. also gave up seven offensive rebounds. Mm-hmm. And you look at the field goal Four attempts. them by Brooke Lopez. <laughs> yeah. And you look at the field goal attempts that the Bucks had. They had 29 shots, and we only have 14 shots in that fourth quarter. Luckily, we made more. We made more of ours than they made theirs. We took. We made eight out of 14, but the Bucks only made 10 out of 29. So luckily, we made our shots. But you know, by the effort that the Bucks gave, it, it just kind of wasn't their night because their shots just wasn't falling in, especially in that fourth quarter. Honestly, this is also the this is also the quarter that Jimmy Butler was able to get to the line. Yeah, so crucial. It, it because Chris Milton, um, even though he struggled in his quarter, he made a, a pretty clutch three with three minutes left to put the the Bucks within four. Like that was that was basically the closest they ever got. And like the next play, Dragic missed a step back too. Chris Milton grabbed it, was run pushing it, drove it in. And missed the layup to try to cut the lead down to two. And that's when Jimmy Butler took over with his clutch free throws and mm-hmm. never let the Bucks get within under four again. Like they were, that was as close the Bucks got. And it was, it was mostly due to Jimmy Butler just getting his free throws. Like, I mean, you could, you can tell like the deficiency for the, for the Bucks. Like in this quarter, they just don't have any like reliable, anybody reliable to score. Besides, like, Chris Middleton. And even then, he had a bad game. Like, there's nobody. It's like, if you don't have Giannis, and if all your role players can't shoot, like, you're not going to win. You're not going to beat anybody. I agree. I mean, they, they started going to Brooke Lopez down low in, um, yep. in the closing it was, minutes. It was pretty effective. They should. I, I felt like they should have done it a lot more. And I've, I don't know why Coach Budenhoser didn't, like, attempt to do more like give more attempts to Brooke Lopez in the post because he couldn't have stopped that. I'd say most of it wasn't really from him posting up. It was just, except for that one play on Kelly Olenek, but it was just most of him 
like I think it, it was coming off a lot of penetration. Eric Bledsoe, like even though he did struggle in this game, like he had he had five assists in this quarter. He still contributed. I thought the Heat helped way too much off of Eric Bledsoe. Like I thought they double him and he just he always found the open guy, but. But no, 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 discrediting Brook Lopez. Like he still contributed a lot. Like especially when he was up against Kelly Olynyk, he did try to post it off. So yeah, he he definitely led the way for the Bucks in the in the second half. I felt like they didn't have to double team Bledsoe unless he like drove it to the basket. Like they didn't have to drive, just allow him to shoot. I mean, at one point in the game, Eric Bledsoe was one for twelve. Mm-hmm. Like. He, if he's one for twelve, he hasn't made it. He can't, just let him take as many jump shots as he wants. Like it doesn't matter. There's no reason to I, double team him. I, no, they were double teaming when he was penetrating. I thought it was helping. Like every time you start driving it in, they start descending help. I mean, I guess that's where he's best at. But he, I mean, he had nine assists overall, and I felt a lot of it was just because he found the open teammate. Dribble penetration, additional. Uh-huh. I agree. I mean, other than that, I mean. Chris Middleton struggled, and they you know, like they were taking desperation shots after those Jimmy Butler free throws, and like it, it was just a lot of back and forth, you know, free throws by the from the Heat, desperation shots by the Bucks. But but what I like is I saw, um, you know, Eric Sposa every time the Heat was on defense, he would take out Tidy Hero and put put in Andre Iguodala, and every yeah. time they'll go on offense, Andre Iguodala will go out and Tidy Hero will go back in, and like it was just constant throughout the last few plays. Um, I thought that should have happened in uh, Game Four, but you know I'm glad he, he he started doing that in Game Five. I will give credit to Tyler Hero. He did get one really good block, which the refs called a foul, but Eric Spolstra did a what is it? The coach's challenge, and it was a clean block. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I, I remember that. Yeah, he challenged the what they call a foul at first. Yeah, yeah it was a foul at first. They, th- they thought it was a defense, uh, a blocking foul, I think. But yeah, it was a, a shooting foul. A shooting foul. It looked like he hit uh, George Hill wrist or hand, but... Yep. but it was a clean block. Mm-hmm. I thought he was a lot better on defense, especially on help defense. Um, yeah, he definitely challenged a lot of shots. He, he was good on defensive end. He just needed to tighten up his handles a bit. But other than that, it was a very, like, he led the way for the Heat. He was pretty much the MVP. I think he was the MVP for this series. Well, besides Jimmy Butler. <laughs> <laughs> With this 50 yeah. and 30 point game. I mean, 40 uh, this, and 30 point game. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, it's just too many players. Now, you can't forget about Bam. Even though he struggled in this game, um, Jay Crowder, like, all of them had was yeah. huge in this series. Yeah, Jay Crowder's shooting kind of dipped a little bit, but he still made his threes. Yeah. Oh, dipped yeah. Deep. Just a little bit. Not not too much. He's still... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, for the Bucks, I mean, the two stars, Brooke Lopez, Chris Middleton, I think they did all they can. It's just nobody else really stepped up for the Bucks. Um just I did just didn't have enough firepower to to overcome all, all the deficiency of like because I think Brooke, overall Brooke Lopez and Chris Milton they shooting wise they weren't that great. Bledsoe wasn't and, good either. Mm-hmm. Only two for twelve. Mm-hmm. Uh, George Hill was one for eight. All those are your main guys for the Bucks, and you know they just couldn't get it done. 
Yeah, I think that's that's and like I feel like he gave them plenty of opportunities for all those turnovers. But yeah. A lot. <laughs> they, they just couldn't capitalize. That's all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, I would say that's 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 what I have. Just overall impressive game by uh Tyler Hero. I think overall I kinda of felt like game two where the entire Heat team contributed on the offensive end. You know, mm-hmm. there wasn't just one star that carried the load like Jimmy Butler did on games one and three. You know, everyone kind of chipped in. I like seeing those games just because, it, like we talked about before, it shows the depth that the Heat have. And uh, it just shows how good of a team the Heat are. You know, hopefully we get to see more of that depth being in display against either the Celtics and the Raptors since they're both teams that are very top-heavy. And I think we're going to rely a lot on these guys to be able to come out on top. Yeah, and it's just exciting that the Heat made it to Eastern Conference Finals. Like, I know we didn't really expect them to make it all the way this far so it's it's been impressive what have they what they done in this series yeah. I, find it, like, I feel like nobody had the heat winning 4-1 over the Bucks. like that's just uh, unexpected and just amazing like what they were able to accomplish with their defense and just just everybody everybody on the heat contribute and uh offensively and just to the to the series win yeah, we got to give a shout out to Coach Spolstra. Mm-hmm. We, everyone talks about how the Heat were able to beat the Bucks with the mismatch, but, you know, we, the team has to execute on those mismatches and take advantage of them. And Coach Spolstra was, you know, he's instrumental in getting the players ready and noticing these things to take advantage of any mismatches that we get as much as possible. A lot of people don't notice how how much of an, an effort it takes for the, uh, for the team to click uh, and... and execute everything mm-hmm. at such a high level consistently, especially I mean, against the number one offense and number one defense. I mean, it's already impressive that your, your team is not even made up of high draft picks. They're all middle, pretty much like middle tier draft picks or undrafted. And you're able mm-hmm. to take them all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals. Like it's really, it's already pretty impressive. I will say this about Coach Bud, Coach Bud though. He needs to get fired. I probably will. <laughs> This is the second year in a row that guy has not made any type of changes to, I guess, adjustments to trying to beat the other team. Like, you're not going to – if Giannis wants to stay there and try to win a championship, he's not going to do it with that kind of a coach. Like, either – if he wants to stay there, they need another coach. Coach Budenholzer, that he's not going to cut it. That guy makes no – absolutely no adjustments whatsoever. And if you're going to keep uh, playing the same thing over and over again and be so predictable – the other team's just gonna keep just gonna keep beating you. Yeah, I mean that's the biggest changes I think the Bucks could really realistically make is just to find another coach because they're pretty they're they're pretty capped out. I mean they don't they don't really have a lot of assets. Yeah, this this is basically it. It's, that's like the without making some crazy trade like that's the most drastic change they can make is to find a new coach. I feel like the the coaching thing is like should be their number one priority, especially if Giannis wants to sign like longer with them. They need to change the coach because I think they talked about like uh, like Giannis's um, mentality. I think yeah, it was Get Up. I think it was on Fox. Get Up is ESPN. Oh, Get Up. Okay, sorry. So what they were saying was um, I forgot which analyst said it, but they were making a uh, they were making an argument about Giannis. Cause uh, there's, cause remember the t- that game when Giannis, when they asked Giannis the question like, did you ask Coach Bud if uh, you can guard uh, Jimmy Butler? 
And then he's like, no, why would you ask that question? And then he said, uh, I'm just going to do whatever the coach tells me to do. So because of after that, the very next day they were talking about that and they were talking about like his mentality. They're saying like, because he's a European player, European players don't, they ha- their mentality for the game is different than how American born NBA players are. Like if you compare him to LeBron, LeBron will, is kind of like the, what, um, what we think an NBA player should do. Like if you're the best player, you should be demand your coach to like, I'm going to guard that guy. I'm, I want to play more minutes. And, Giannis is completely the opposite. Giannis won't um, say any of that because he was brought in Europe where it's not the player who has the power, it's the coach. So I thought it was kind of interesting, like his, that mentality, because I also brought up the conversation, like, is, is Giannis really a, a Robin or is he a Batman? I, I just think his regular season accolades overshadow what he really is. Uh, the way he plays, how exactly. I don't see how he could be the number one option. Exactly. I completely agree with you. I also want to point out that the Bucks they weren't the same team since they got in the bubble. Mm-hmm. Um, they haven't been performing well. And yeah. um, I think Chris Middleton did step up against the Heat in the series, except for the last game. I mean, he's been shooting pretty good overall. Mm-hmm. Chris Middleton had a great playoff series. Usually he like disappears by now. I think it was a combination of how the Bucks weren't playing to their potential and how the Heat were playing to their maximum potential with the mismatch that we pose with our lineup compared to theirs. And I think all of that added up just kind of caused the series to be very lopsided. I think if maybe the bubble hadn't happened and the series had happened during a normal regular NBA season, I think the series would have been much closer. I, I, I think... Um, the Bucks just weren't the same team for whatever reason. It's hard to tell what really caused them to not be as um the same team that really did so well in the regular season. If the bubble didn't happen, and that which would mean like the there was no coronavirus, I would have picked the Heat in seven. Because uh, before this thing, I I I didn't think the Heat were gonna beat the Bucks. Mm-hmm. I thought they were gonna lose to them because in the previous, from what I've seen from like Jimmy Jimmy Butler was also injured, so that's I didn't know if he was gonna be healthy or not, but. Man, they proved me wrong. I don't think anyone expected the series to be this lopsided. It was just mm-hmm. so one one sided that kind of raised a lot of questions. I think it has a lot to do with you know how not everyone was expecting the Heat to play this well against Giannis, and no one was expecting the Bucks to play this bad. To be honest, it'll be interesting to see if the Heat can carry uh well not carry the current momentum because the last two games were horrible, but. <laughs> I hope that they will carry the momentum of being 8-1 and one in the playoffs into the next series against the Raptors or the Celtics. And I kind of mentioned this before. Like, it seems like the Heat has this thing where they kind of shut down mentally. And I think it's happened the past two games where they just don't... They're just not in the game like they were in the first three games. And you saw a lot of that in the regular season, too. I feel like it's just more like competition. Like the the Heat, all they need. I feel like that that team plays better when they know that the other team is just better than them. I agree. Yeah. Completely. Like they will. They when when they play like better teams, they always make it a, try to make it a statement like I'm going to kill you this game, and they play harder. I mean, you can tell from like the offense, they're they're the, the from all the possession will defend every single. Defensive possession, they they play harder. They they play more. They play more aggressive. Like they play within they play within the system. 
it, it, this was when they have the advantage. They let their guards down. Yes. It's Whether what, they're playing they a bad it, team. The opposition is not good. Yes. To win. And then they end up losing to the Atlanta Hawks. And, or the Minnesota Timberwolves. Or they're up 3-0 and against the Bucks, And Giannis goes down. And then they end up losing the game. Yep. It just seems like they have this mentality problem where they, get, they let their guards down. And, and to be honest, it's not... I don't think it's a specific to them. I'm sure some, a lot of teams have the same issue. For sure. That's like another point I wanted to bring up. I think a lot of the turnover, especially in this game, I mean, is it comes from that the point of not having that focus, mm-hmm. and like not have not being locked in in the game because I guess we have the upper advantage and you're just not locked in. You're not interested in the game. You're making careless mistakes, which is kind of why I brought up the point. Like we don't want to have that issue. Yeah, but until then, like he again, much needed rest until <laughs> the outcome of the Bucks and Raptors game, which is great because we, 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 you know, we remember we, after the playoff, um, the Pacer series, we were worried about Jimmy Butler's shoulder because he wasn't fully recovered yet. But you know, that wasn't that didn't seem to be an issue in this series. So, um, yeah, hopefully that's the thing of the past. But yeah, it's always good to just have rest, especially with this Heat team. Also, I, 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 yeah, I kind of want Dragic to like get um, a lot more rest because he's been, he's played a lot of minutes. Mm-hmm. He, I mean, he has he didn't play a lot of minutes this game. He only played thirty three. Jimmy Butler played thirty seven, which is pretty much a lot. But I want both of them need like a lot of rest. Also, Bam Adebayo needs some rest. What's surprising for me is Tyler Hero played thirty six minutes this game. <laughs> He played this. He had the sec, He played the second most minutes on the Heat. Yeah, it's not surprising the way he played and the no. way he took over in the fourth quarter. Uh, but uh, you guys have anything else to uh, add before we end this? No, just uh, I'm I'm very optimistic about the Heat chances. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> Gets you nervous, right? Being this optimistic. It does. Yeah, because yeah. Just just be like me, David. Don't don't think about it. Just don't say anything. <laughs> Well, if that's that's it, uh, nobody else has anything to add, that's it for the uh, Heat Assist Podcast. Uh, See you later, everybody. Peace.